<laughs> we'll uh we'll also have Florian Ulrich. You know, remember Florian? Do you guys yes. cross? Yeah, Florian. Yeah. I I Great always guy. I always enjoy having him on the show. Um, because not only does he sound intelligent because he has a foreign accent, he is intelligent. Uh, no, he's he has, a great guy. Yep. Yeah, a doctor and everything. But dude, what the heck happened? For I mean, he'll get on. But what what what's this now? You got a full time job. You stabbed us in the back. You betrayed us. Yes, I can't get too specific, right? Obviously, can't get obviously. can't to get too specific. But yes, I am working full time now to secure very very good health insurance. Good family. Yeah. And such that Mrs. DT has more options now. Okay. And oh man, going from 20 hours a week to 40 hours a week is is a little difficult. Oh, it's that's a little difficult. You're yeah. back in the matrix, man. You're plugged right back in. I know. <laughs> it sucks. I don't know why anybody does it. I sit here and I go, why do people do this? Why? 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 And and the job that I've got. Um oh. hey Florian. Oh, there he is. How's it going? Good. DT's regaling us about what it's like from going working part time and from home back to working a regular forty hour per week slog. Well, I, I did when I was working twenty hours per week. I did go into the office, but it, I got in late and I left early. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd sit there and I'd be like, "Man, for that five hour mark hit," and it's like, "I got to get the fuck out of here!" Holy shit! And so yeah. now, now it's I uh, get the kids on the bus in the morning. And, uh, and then I get, uh, uh, I have to stay late. So when I get back in the evening, I don't, uh, there's just no time anymore to do all those things that I like to do. Like, uh, like work on the house and get shit taken care of. And sure. The hunker and, uh, bunker and everything. Yeah. I've, I, this hunker bunker project I've been working on, it's, I, I painted the floor and I'm trying to, uh, I converted an old, uh, you know the tube televisions they used to have the armoires that you put the 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 big fucking heavy tube television in. Oh, I got my entertainment center right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've converted that to a uh, um, a liquor cabinet and a and a bar. That's what I'm trying to convert that into. And uh, these projects they take a lot longer when you don't have any time. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, I the past two months have been projects. I've been putting out a lot of fires. I won't go into the details, but. Um, and you know me, I don't have a, a real job. And even now it's, you could talk to the GF. It's also, it's 9 PM. It's like, Aaron, you're going to stop working. Like, oh yeah, maybe I should. What, well, uh, I don't, what I don't get about working though. What's that up Florian? That, that's only when you get started working. No, I mean, yeah. not that late, but you know. <laughs> what DT, what I got to imagine, like, I'll never go back. There's no way, like once you taste that freedom, once you taste self-employment or working yeah. from home or you don't have to commute, like, like I don't really need it. I, I What's that like? Because there's no way. I don't care how sad and depressed I get not talking to people. When I think like, oh, I'm reminded like commutes, banking, cubes. I'm like, ah, nah, I'll be <laughs> by myself. I'll drink myself silly if I have to. See, a certain amount of it's fine. There is something to being productive, you know, and feeling useful and getting shit done. But uh, where I work, um, they're not the most, there's a lot of bullshitting going on. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. There's any a, more, I've never heard. Well, well, let me, let me ask any more than what would be expected at a regular job. Um, m- more, definitely. Really? More. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Where I used to work was, uh, um, you know, we had to, we had to make sure that we were, uh, utilized, I guess. And now where I'm working, 
it's a little it's it's um i don't yeah i don't want to get into too many details i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to blow my cover no 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 but, you don't uh, have to no. but there's definitely a lot of uh fraternizing is that the wrong word that implies sexually i think there's not not that kind of fraternizing kind of talk yeah yeah there's a lot of bullshitting going on and um and i and i sit there and i don't uh, I don't necessarily need the money. I'm there. I told my boss, he's, he's like, so why are you here, DT? And I'm like, for the health insurance. <laughs> That's like, I didn't say <laughs> oh, to make a difference. I did I, nothing like that. I'm here for the health insurance. Not for the diversity uh, seminars. <laughs> I did have to go through some diversity training this morning, <laughs> which was not good. Oh, um, God. <laughs> and there's, there's a group for every, for everybody except white males. And yeah. uh, they're called, uh, Let's see if I can. Uh, they're, well, don't they're, know you're covering now. Hold on, you 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 want to keep this? I know, job I know. Out. They're they're called like uh, employee advocacy groups. Let's say let's say that or an employee advocacy meetups. And there's a different there's a different meetup for all the different variations of humanity there are, which is great except white males. And and they're going through the list, and the person doing the training goes, and if you don't fit into any of these groups, you can join them. And be an ally. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, great! Ally. <laughs> I'm an ally. Fuck you! <laughs> I'm not yet. I should. Hey, you know what we should all do? We should start like meetup groups because I've been going to meetup groups to find like, hey, is there something going on tonight? And uh, usually there's not. I don't know what the meetup groups are like uh, over where you are, Florian. But our meetup groups are ass in the Twin Cities. We got like the. I talked about the the atheist hockey club. And then the the women's poetry group. I mean, this is just like put a bullet in my head now. But we'll start the white male uh, meetup group where you have to be white and male. And that'll just piss everybody. It'd be great. It'd be great. And if you're not a white male, you can show up anyway and show your support and be an ally. Be an ally. <laughs> Family. community. How condescending is that, right? I mean, how fucking condescending? <laughs> I got to imagine because um, you're in the world of STEM, let's say. Um, and everybody, regardless of the, their gender or the color of skin, these guys have got to be sick and tired of it. I mean, they got to be, especially if you're in a real profession like that. I don't know if you guys ever listen to world-class bullshitters. Um, they do more comic book geekery, Star Wars movies, that type of thing. And the uh, main host, he's, um, I think he's uh, half Filipino and half Latino, something. He, he's not white. <clears throat> and he's pissed off. Like, he is so sick of the uh, de-whitifying or the demalifying of different comic book characters. He doesn't want a black James Bond. And he even he's sick of this shit. I, I can imagine in a professional realm that you work in, uh, they, they, they got to be like, God almighty, do we have to go to diversity? I mean, it's like the teacher that makes you, you know, do shit that you just don't want to. Well, apparently, yeah, if, if, sorry, Florian, do you, did, did you have any experience with that? Well, no, I just remember the teacher makes you. We had a teacher made us do group work, like it was in, in the in the nineties and eighties. Group work because we're not you're not alone in this world, you know. And then um, uh, another teacher really really had to laugh about it when he heard about that, and he said, "Yeah, no, no wonder he does that with you kids. As a social democrat for life, he's bound to do that." Yeah, that was uh, some of the teachers were. Uh, difficult to discuss with, but yeah, um, those uh, diversity, inclusivity stuff that had its origin much, much earlier, right? So in the 80s, that came up like almost frequently, actually. 
Well, that was this back when you were a kid in Germany? Yeah, that was in 1989, 1990. Yeah, I was in like seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, that's about, I remember. Um, I, yeah, that's I, when it started, right, Cap? Yeah. That's for, for me. That's when it started. Well, it, I, I wrote, I spent three days writing this lengthy, epic Magnus Opus piece. Um, you know how many people read it? Um, but I, None. I, nobody. That was the I was saying like 100, 200. If that, if that. So, but one of the one of the key things I was talking about was highlighting how today um, diversity was a joke. You know, back when it came in in ninety three, ninety four, it's like get out of here. It's just a naked grab for power. You want lower standards. You're going to hide behind this and that. And now it has become so codified. Uh, you can actually major in it, and now you can get a doctorate. There was some bent, uh, and I use that word uh, charitably that wrote an article for Forbes about how white male managers, they can participate in diversity and inclusion. And she has her doctorate in diversity and inclusion and her bachelor's in psychological organization or something like that. And that it started in 93, but now 20 years later, 25 years later, even these Gen Xers, they bought it whole and now they're in leader positions of management. Now they you actually have like I couldn't imagine when I say corporate social responsibility. When I first heard of a company coming up with that department, I'm like, what a waste of shareholder money. What a freaking joke. And I overestimated the intelligence and independent mindedness of these Gen X future leaders because they bought it hook, line, and sinker. And now you got to go to diversity training. Frauds and shysters can actually make money and careers off of being diversity and inclusion specialists. All this bupkis and bullshit. And yeah, it started in the late 80s and early 90s. But you can be an ally now. You can be an ally. <laughs> sure, you're not really a part of our group. Yeah. No, but you can join. You can join anyway and be an ally. But I mean, how did they? How did they discover the moon landing in in the sixties? I wonder with with hardly any diversity at all. It's a conundrum. How could that happen? I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Physics is racist. That's probably what it was. It was racist and a play to the patriarch. Oh, sex. It's both. It was both racist and sexist. And uh, yeah, I... well, it is an interesting experiment. You know, I mean, that's it's. If they at some point said, okay, we're good now, then it would be like, all right, we, we sort of, we sort of um, took a backseat for a little while to give people a chance, and now we're, quote, all equal, and we can compete, and we can kick ass, and we can get along, and we can you know, do great things, and, and, and it's, it's over, but it, it's never over, and, and you, you said, Cap, you know, are people sick of it? I don't. I don't know. I know. I can tell there are some people where I work that definitely don't buy into it at all. Mm-hmm. But, but it's it's uh, systemic, really. And and um, you know, I was looking at the the policy on affirmative action and on discrimination and things like that, and they list everything you know that you can't discriminate on, mm-hmm. including race. You know, we're white people. That's a race. There's all these things except politics. That's the, was the only thing that was not in there. And I'm of half a mind that once I've, once I've been there long enough where my job is safe, that I might push for that. I might say, you know, 
you've got all these other things that you can't discriminate on, but you do not have politics on there, political affiliation. You've got everything else under the sun, but political affiliation. What? And and uh, and have you seen what's been happening lately in society where people are being discriminated based on their political affiliation? And uh, you know, ran out of restaurants and had deplatformed and silenced and all these things. So I really think that should be added. And when my job is safe, maybe I'll maybe I'll make that stand. There, there's fun. two things. If corporate social responsibility was was real and authentic, um, what they would do is is uh, pursue two things. One, they would pursue telecommuting to its maximum extent, so you wouldn't pollute the environment. And they're all about employees are our biggest asset and work-life balance. I, I'd stop paying us lip service and allow us to work from home. There's no reason we have to ruin families and go through divorce and 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 uh, alienate our children because I'm stuck in traffic two hours a day. So that's yeah, one thing they'll do. I, I, I think that's right. And and um, these um, uh, social justice warrior and leadership positions like the woman whose name I mercifully forgot already who, li- who led Yahoo for a while – um, they respond to everyone has to go back or everyone has to appear at, at Yahoo headquarters. I can imagine there are some people who, who would appreciate actually being at headquarters. Uh, some people may like that, but others don't want that. And I can't imagine there aren't mechanisms in place how you can, you know, how you can make like everyone happy. But that would mean you have to leave your dogma and you have to you have to treat every every employee as a real person and directly talk to them. And, and you can't have that because uh, the, the left and the social Marxism stuff, they always want to break up the, you know, family or individuality. They don't like that. So everything needs to be adherent to one one big principle. And and that's one of the big problems. Well, that's, that's the point I was going to make because that highlights the hypocrisy of corporate social responsibility. It's not about being corporately responsible. It's not about providing work-life balance. It's purely a marketing scheme. And the second thing that if, again, corporate social responsibility really wanted to be corporately socially responsible, you would say we are a freedom of speech employer or we are a freedom of choice employer where when you clock out, we don't care what you do. You could volunteer for the Communist Party. You could go work for the for the Black Panthers. You could work for the Hasidic Jews. You could go work here. You could be an ardent supporter of fascism. We don't care. It's none of our business. We as an employer respect your freedom of association, your freedom of speech. But that's not corporate social responsibility. Their genesis, their origination is Marxist, is leftist, it is thought control in, in origin. And now it's just, at best, it's a, it's a sleazy marketing technique where it's like, hey, everyone's brainwashing the leftist. Everyone wants to be organic. Everyone wants to be green. Everyone's for women. Look, so are we. You know, Nike uh, going with Colin Kaepernick, that is, that's a brilliant marketing stroke because most of their clientele, I haven't worn Nikes in, in 30 years probably, uh, is young kids who are dumb and leftist. And, yeah, we're oppressed. Oh, that was a brilliant market. This corporate social response, that's all it is, is market. But if they were to actually, the, the words itself, if corporate social responsibility were to have meaning, one of the most socially responsible things you could do is protect democracy. And, yes, you can be a grade-A dick. And that's what these employers are, are grade-A dicks or uh, social media entities where you're going to ban people and this and that for whatever speech, right or left, I don't care. Yes, you could be a grade-A dick, but we're not going to do that. We're going to respect your right to your opinion. And they don't. They don't because it's politically motivated. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And one of the things I think um, I, I was going to make another point too, and it, and it plays into this where um, employees put up with it because they have to, right? They debt have slaves. to put up with it. They're, debt they're, slaves. They're debt slaves. Exactly. And I'm working at this new job now, working 40 hours a week. And I'm already thinking about reducing my hours to 30, man. I'm just like, okay, how do I work this so that I can kick ass enough to show that I kick ass and even 30 hours a week, you're going to want me rather than some other fuckhead for 40 hours a week that can't do shit. And so I'm already sort of scheming in my brain. And the reason why is because, yeah, I said I'm there for the health insurance. And the health insurance is still a hundred percent contribution at 30 hours a week. It doesn't go down. And so when you do the math, I mean, yeah, STEM, when you do the math and you think, how much am I making per hour? If you take the same health benefit on 30 hours a week rather than 40 hours a week, you're making more money per hour. And and it just it, yeah. uh, it amazes me that people don't see that. And the reason why is because they can't, is because they've got that mortgage. They've got that debt, whatever it is, they need that money. And I'm walking around as the new employee going, well, I'm not here for the money. <laughs> you know, I'm here to, I'm here to be helpful and for the health insurance. That's it. Right. And, and you got, and you got your, you got your house paid off, which again is, is an, that, that <clears throat> achievement cannot be understated in terms of its financial freedom it confers upon you. Mm -hmm. uh, where you can just literally walk away or, I mean, I've told many people the ballsy story where the, your, your previous employer said, oh, we can only give you a 3% raise. You said, okay, bye. And they're like, right. oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. The magic <laughs> money fairy showed up and guess what, DT, we're just, we found enough for 25%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's that's a very good example. Um, that many jobs are very, very specialized and actually actually kind of useless nowadays, right? Um, I mean, I don't know DT what job you have, but it's probably more more. I imagine it's 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 a more universal job where you can actually where you can actually walk away, right? If you learn some diversity stuff or a very academic niche, huh. then it's not so easy to just say I walk away because. You can't just ask next corner and somebody needs another plumber, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's specialized enough that there's not tons of people that do it, but there is enough work that it isn't a problem finding work. So, I mean, I, I'm really... I'm really good at what I do. Wherever I, wherever I work, I always, you know, excel. And so it, it's... It, and... And when you and when you're that way, you just sort of automatically treat yourself with respect. It's like you know, I mean, I'm good at this. Stop treating me like shit, or I walk. So, um, and well, it's I think and all and of us are in our forties like by not, now, right? Sorry, sorry, Aaron. We're all in our forties by now, right? I mean, we're not doing this. I'm going to go work for the man and prove myself. I mean, it's it's kind of like, nah, you're going to pay me what I'm worth. Right? Yeah, I'm in I'm in my forties, and and um. There is a certain amount of, I mean, when you start in a new place, you do have to sort of play ball for a while, but then once you get a few wins under your belt and you prove yourself, um, then that's when you need to start. Okay. I am going to, I'm going to start, you know, looking out for myself. Now I've proved myself. Um, I don't need to jump through any hoops anymore. Uh, you know who I am, you know what I can do. Um, we're all professionals here. Uh, let's work this out. That's uh, that's good for everybody. And and so there is sort of that trial period where you need to where you need to prove yourself. 
And so I would just say, you know, be patient during those time periods because they don't know you and you don't really know them and you don't know the company and you don't maybe don't even necessarily know the work front to back. You know, you know what you know, but you don't know exactly how they do that kind of work. And so it does take some time. But once you've put it, once you've paid your dues, man, you've paid your fucking dues. Start looking out for yourself. Have a little bit of self-respect. Um and and push back a little bit if you feel like you're getting taken advantage of because everybody will take if you are one of the ten percent that make a company work because that it is the ninety ten rule ten percent if there if ten percent left tomorrow the company would go bankrupt and they wouldn't be able to do shit there's ten percent of people that that do all the work and if you're one of those ten percent um, you got to start acting like it the budget fairy finds money for you even yes, though they the said budget it wasn't fairy. The- the budget fairy finds money for you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. for, and Florian, I, I got to just for the audience, because we've only had you on once before. I'd like to have you on more. And I don't know if people tune into you at Bernard show or what. Um, and I don't want to put you on the spot. So don't give away any identity. But you're you work in academia, correct? I did work in academia. Yeah, that's my background. OK, I, can you tell us what you do now or is that anonymous and secret? No, it's not anonymous and secret. It's, um, um, I'm, I won't go into all the details what I do, but um, I'm actually I'm actually freelancing, right? So I'm I'm um, you could say I'm I'm an academic consultant. Yeah, I, I help people with with um, uh, with you know with uh, with writing work and and you know give them recommendation how to write a good thesis and so on and so forth. And um, I left academia as a as a um, as a biomedical scientist when I basically had the choice. I could become a professor at some other university. Uh, I had my paper, I had my my paper record, my CV was all there, and I didn't want to do more academia. I felt like nobody really cared, or or, that sounds bad. I I didn't really think, um, I was becoming a little too isolated in academia, right? So, that's why I decided to strike up on my own. I didn't want to be hemmed in in the in, in academic structure, right? We have to play policy games, uh, politics games, and and that kind of stuff. And you basically always have to have to have to ask for grant money, and always and always and always. And uh, I've seen people just like breaking up. Being in academia, it's a nice job, but people get bored and people get like um, disillusioned and so on. So I struck out for myself, and I I I'm working as a freelancer, as I said now, and then I'm looking at ways to um, earn money with a business myself on on the long run. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. But out of curiosity, because I used to teach college, and <clears throat> I enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. I didn't have to do any research or look for for grants. Could couldn't you do that, or uh, were you just tired of academia? It, it was in a bad spot. Because I'm I'm kind of curious. I, I I see you as somewhat of uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You'd you'd present well. You would you would be like, oh yes, it's it's Professor uh, Florian. Let's go see him, and you'd make the subject interesting. Or were you more like research, or am I not understanding academia all that well? You know, I think I, I I'm, you know, I, th- I think uh, you're not the first one who tells me I would I would do a good presentation, and I and I know I mean the few times I have taught, you know, um, that was it was perceived well. I think. Um, I do like doing research on my own a little bit more. I also do like to teach. Uh, if I have like a single student who works by my side and I can directly teach him to help me in my research, that's also what I enjoyed very much. Um, 
on the long run, maybe I go back to become just a, just like a lecturer, you know, half times, 20 hours per week or something like that. Um, but right now I just enjoy my freedom too much, right? There's no commute. There's, there's nothing like that. I don't have to sit next to, next to people who forgot to shower in the morning and I don't have to go to <laughs> diversity seminars at, at university or, or elsewhere, right? I can just uh, spend, like yesterday, I spent more time on my work and then went to bed a little later and, and went up around like lunchtime today. And that is a, that's a freedom you can get kind of addicted to. Um, and uh, in, in addition, <laughs> it would be worth a try, but, but if somebody just looks at my Twitter feed, <laughs> I probably would not be hired for any socially conscious um, <laughs> discipline <laughs> to teach, let's say it like that. I don't think a Trump supporter has much, uh, has, I don't think supporting Trump is a big advantage if you want to make it in academia nowadays. But I think in the end, I'm always optimistic, right? But, you know, that that's why I, you know, those two reasons, right? Political stuff and myself being much too used to being a freelancer uh, have kept me from going back and trying to do some teaching. I, I know a guy, he uh, worked from home and remotely and only worked part-time. And then he went full-time again, and now he's stuck commuting, and he had to go to diversity. And he's on the podcast every once in a while. He can't get to his hunker bunker. He can't paint it. He can't get to his projects, and uh, it, it was sad. He used to be a free man, but now he's now he's a corporate guy. He's a, you got to commute there, DT, or no? Yes, I do now. Yeah, I have a commute, but like I said, I'm I'm getting the kids on the bus in the morning, mm. so I'm I'm rolling in well past the peak commute. Yeah, and unfortunately, rolling back home well past the peak commute. <laughs> what is is a uh, wifey poo, Mrs. DT? Yeah, she, the kids she's still she working. You know, we've, you know, it's uh, been an adjustment period because I used to kind of you know be the one that looks out for the kids. Yeah, you were the bum. You just stayed yeah. at home and ate. Well, I wasn't a bum. I wasn't a bum. You, was, you were. Hey, I'm having scotch, and uh, me and the man are going to do our podcast now. And, I mean, I was, when I was working twenty hours per week, it was get the kids on the bus, go to go to work. Um, come back in time for the kids to get off the bus. So, you know, it, it uh, working the 20 hours per week was about the perfect balance, I would say. I would say 20 hours per week is really nice. It's really nice. 30 hours per week, that, that'll, be, that'll be really good too. Um, and uh, I don't understand. I, it, it's when you, when you, I've already started talking to people at work a little bit, like, oh, I'm thinking about taking time off without pay. And they look at you like you got a growth coming out of your head or something, <laughs> you know, like, uh, well, I can't take time off without pay. All these people need this money. And, and it's like, I walk around like, yeah, I don't need the money. I got my house paid off. It's a starter house, you know? And, and, but I think people, it's like almost, I think people view you with like jealousy, but, but the way that I say it, I always try to say it. Like I'm living with less. I stayed in my starter house. When everybody else wanted to upgrade because they watched HGTV too many times, I didn't. I said no, and we stayed put. And now we've got now we've got that security and you know just ability to go. You know they can't kick us out onto the street. The bank can take your house. The government can't. Mm. Period. Why? Well, I, I was I was always amazed because um, you you would see the the sausage being made, but the in banking, you get to see people's personal financial statements and there's numbers and calculations and formula that you run to say, okay, what, and the number of people 
living paycheck to paycheck who lived in houses quite literally twice the size of mine, including the other rental unit, uh, right. cars. And you're right. They can't. I remember taking a leave of absence because I had to do a book tour and my current employer at the time was a dick. And they said, well, you're going to, you only have three days vacation. You'd have to take a, a, a leave of absence unpaid. And I'm like, I don't do any fucking work now. I didn't say that, but I'm like, okay, fine. I'll take some. And they just kind of start a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you do understand we're not going to pay. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I understand. And that's called having a savings account. You dumbass. <laughs> you, try it. you offer savings accounts for fuck's sake. I know none of your clients have any money in there, but I do. And that's amazing when you, when you ask to do it, it's amazing. They just like, what you, you you want to take time off without pay? And it's like they never thought about it. They've, ne they've never thought about it because they can't think about it. So they've never thought about the ramifications. They've never thought, well, how much of an impact really is it? And, I, and it's not. It's At most places, it's not much of an impact. Your vacation accrual goes down prorated. If you got any sick leave, it goes down prorated. Um, you have to make sure that you don't take too much time off without pay and it'll because it'll kick you down into a lower benefit range. But uh, that's uh, if you don't need the money, I, the way I look at it, my kids are halfway done. They're, 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 we're halfway done raising our kids. We're at mm -hmm. the halfway point right so now. So it won't be a start a home soon because you won't have to downsize. It's just right, stick exactly. with the original home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and it's, so it's, if it's halfway over, I mean, you got to start thinking priorities. I mean, is the priority to make money or is the priority to enjoy your life, enjoy your kids while they're young, um, build up those memories, build up those experiences. Um, I, it's, I'm, oh, your I'm kids very love you. happy. You guys have fun all the time. I've, I've never seen a happier family. I'm very happy that I'm in the position where I can make this choice. And it's because we made very difficult choices in the past. Mm. And, and now we're reaping the benefits of those difficult choices in the past. Well, I know um, Florian alluded to this before about, because I was always curious, what, Florian, you have your doctorate, right? I mean, you are a doctor. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I was always kind of like, oh, I wonder why Florian, you know, okay, he doesn't have to be in academia, but I mean, he, but your your Spartan and minimalistic lifestyle affords you all this this freedom. And both of you guys have seen it and I've seen it, but a little bit more of a philosophy or a theory I've been working on is these people are so having the horse blinders on and so in the thick of it and never come up for air. They lose the perspective about what his life is about. Now, a lot of that, they don't have a choice because they are living paycheck to paycheck. They have a mortgage they can't afford, car loans, student loans, all that other. So they're, they're forced to be underwater for that long. But any slight aberrant, and I know you can't call it aberrant, that's a bit pejorative, but any different behavior they don't understand it. I mean, I remember one time conditional on my employee, and I'll mention the employer because they suck in their company that sucks and they're going to continue to suck. Wells Fargo contingent on my employment uh, was that I would be able to leave whenever I wanted. I, I put in my 40 hours a week, but I was granted access 24 seven to this building. I could go do my work anytime I wanted. And then people started complaining because I would just pick up and leave because it was a nice day on a Friday. I'm like, I'm hopping on my bike. I'm biking back home. I'm going to go do whatever. And then the new boss who was unaware of this of this uh, uh, contingency for my employment says, well, we've had some complaints that you just pick up and leave. I'm like, yeah. Did you not see my logged in hours at 3 a.m. when I came in? You know, maybe a little tipsy after the nightclubbing a little bit, but did you not see me coming in and doing all this work? 
And what it was is pure, simple jealousy. These people, yeah. they they so screwed themselves. They so enslaved themselves to, to predominantly debt, but other things that they can't even comprehend. They don't even have the time. They're so busy in survival mode in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, survive just having food, clothing, shelter, not getting eaten by saber-toothed tigers. When anyone dares to go to the second to last stage of Maslow's hierarchy of needs called fun, or what the fuck do I want to do with my life? Oh, they, they don't know what to do. At minimum, they're, they're miffed. At, at worst, then they go and bitch and whine and try and get you fired. There's a crabs in a bucket, right? Yeah. So if one, first, one, one crab tries to climb out, the other crabs will haul it back in. No, and it, it, it's sad what a small percentage of the population, I know most of the people listening to this podcast and you guys and all that, we, we at least have, thankfully, we have this correct perspective. We know this knowledge, this fact that life is not meant to be slaving away working. It's meant to be having fun and spending time with your kids and loved ones and all that. But my God, for the remaining, I'd have to say 97% of the population they they were program and scripted, man. From five years old on, they were program and scripted, and they went and they just went right into the machine, right into that machine. And even if they're engineers or whatever, they're 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 lining up. They're going to take their diversity training. They're going to take their sensitivity training, and they have to because they got to. I what's what's the most Florian? Do you even own a car, or do you rely on public transportation? No, I don't own a car. I, I actually am um, um, probably when I, when I move away from places that, that has you know so there's dense public uh, public transportation around, around here, right? If I shall move to a different place where I need a car, I probably I probably get a Mercedes Benz one ninety from nineteen eighty nine <laughs> and do a little bit of a repair. What was a great car back then is not all of a sudden a bad car because it's a little older. Right, if you take advantage, take care of you know the the, the older parts and and so on and so diesel forth. Diesel engine is it? Yeah, some diesel. The diesel engine holds until um, I think two hundred fifty thousand kilometers, no mm. problem. But that's the, the yeah, that's uh, especially there was one Mercedes in the nineteen eighties. I think it's a two fifty D for diesel that that really really holds a long 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 time. And they make stable cars. You can get a you can get a bad car if you buy a used Mercedes, or so I read on the internet. But I'm convinced you can also get a good car if you inform yourself a little bit, right? I actually I actually looked. Um, I was very impressed with the with like the, the you know all these little gimmicks that the new cars have and so on. And I looked it up. And if somebody really dares to buy a new Mercedes for sixty thousand dollars over five years. He actually pays a hundred thousand dollars because oh, there's repair, you know. Then there's then there's like all kinds of different electronic that can go wrong, gas mileage, and all that adds together. And so when people think, oh, I can have a Mercedes Benz for just five hundred dollars a month. They don't realize that it's hugely adds up. Uh, um, one big thing that nobody realizes um, is uh, how you call it. It's basically the um, depreciation over time, mm -hmm. right? Depreciation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, it, but on the other hand, I realized, man, you can be happy about. I mean, you don't, you don't, you can be happy by something that is like that's like really old, but still, still well maintained, right? So you don't need to do like what all the lemmings also do and just get the newest crap and just get the biggest house and so on and so forth. You should ask yourself what's really important. Well, for myself, since I'm from Germany. 
I do need a little reminiscence and memory of Germany in my life, right? That's probably something I can never get rid of. So why not why not make a conscious choice of what kind of what kind of things I want to have, what kind of car I would drive if I need a car, and so on and so forth. And I think that's the that's the key to a happy life. Well, it's it's also for, and that's that's what I was going to ask. I don't think anybody here, DT. What's the most you ever spent on a car? Uh, I think we spent like fifteen grand. So, so you a, and Mrs. DT. Yeah, yeah. I, so I do it on a per person basis. So we're talking seven thousand five hundred for you. Yeah, and and my the the car that I use is a is a pickup truck, and it's got roll up window or the everything's manual roll up windows. It's got a tape deck, and I think I got that for like yeah seven grand, eight grand. So oh, how yeah, long ago was that? If it's got a tape deck, well, I mean it was a it's a Toyota uh, kind of bare bones pickup Tundra from like two thousand one. Okay. And, uh, the long bed. I didn't want the extended cab, so I got the long bed so I can get get my plywood and stuff. So I can get my sheetrock to work on the bunker. But uh, yeah, we've we've never spent. Uh, yeah, definitely not more than twenty. I think at one point we did. Uh, we bought kind of a nice pickup truck, and then we ended up, you know, having to sell that because we left the country. So that was our one splurge. We we made the mistake of splurging once, and I think that that uh, taught us a lesson because we got rid of it so quickly after we splurged. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so those kinds of lessons are really, those kind of lessons in frugality, you got to really seize on them and learn from them when you're I've, young and stupid and you decide to buy something expensive for no fucking reason. Um, learn from it. If you can get out of it. <laughs> I, I remember, see now I've never spent more than $6,000 for a car. Um, the most recent car I bought, I don't know. Two cars ago, it was it had it was a Kia Rio 2008 had no power steering, no air conditioning. I have to qualify this because people say, "Wait, the air conditioner was broken." It's like, no, you don't understand. In <laughs> Korea, they didn't put one in before they shipped it over here. It doesn't come with air conditioning and no power windows. And people looked at me like I was crazy. And then meanwhile, they're like, "Oh, how'd you pay off your house? Well, how'd you do this?" It's like, right, do you not right. put this together? Do you have a budget? Like Excel spreadsheet. I'll show you. It's five seconds. I'll show you how to use it. Do you get people that say you're so lucky? Lucky you know, had nothing oh to do with it. Oh God, <laughs> nothing from you want to see me to go from zero to pissed off exactly. is when people say not everybody can be you. Yeah, yeah. And and <laughs> no one said that in a long time. But they think that like I have I was born with the gift of wanting to have cheap shit and eating ramen noodles. And it's like no, you, you inferior, lazy, and piece of shit human being. You can be me. You choose not to. Right. So shut the fuck up. And then usually it's in the context, well, you should pay more. And I'm like, no, fuck you. I worked harder and suffered more. You're just a lazy, no good fuck. Don't tell me you can't be me. But it's it's the total cop out of, you know, well, Aaron, did, oh, well, Aaron's some freakish alien that fell from the sky, you know, like, uh, like, uh, Superman, except not as good looking and with none of the benefits of invincibility and bulletproofness. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, but he just has happy things fall out of the sky for him, you know? Uh, but I remember the, the worst I'll, I'll grant it. Okay. You're young, especially boys. Boys want to buy the fancy cars because they think that's going to get you the girls. The worst I ever heard was a girl that got a lease car. And this is the problem with these dumb kids 
who should have been taught this in high school, not college, high school, uh, where they don't understand what a, what a loan is. They don't understand what debt is. They sign away on the dotted line and then bitch, well, I didn't know I own it. They don't understand what compound interest is. This girl did not understand what a lease was as it pertained to cars. And you guys, I don't know if you've ever leased a car, but do you know one of the main contingencies or requirements or stipulations in the leases when you lease a car? Maintenance. Well, there's maintenance, but also what's aside from the price, the monthly price of the lease, what is the probably the, the very close second most important uh, bit of information in that lease? I, I think it's how many maximum miles you can drive or something. How many yeah, how many miles you can drive? You, so there's this guy's telling me about this girl, and uh, she had this lease car. It was a very nice car. Like, oh, that's really nice. She was driving all the time. Guess how many miles she overdrove the lease by? Safety Doc's got the answer on the on the chat. Oh, Safety Doc around? <laughs> I, I guess. I guess. What is uh, Safety maybe Doc? Not, say? Maybe not. Maybe he's he's saying twenty thousand miles over <laughs> her lease. Nope. <laughs> 50,000 okay. miles. Holy shit, 50? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? How, how much does he pay? And does she pay more now? It's like the lease is... Uh, he didn't, he didn't all, he, all he was saying is that she had a... Um, she had a... Uh, she showed up one day. That's why he told us the story. She showed up one day with a used... Remember, it was like maybe the late 99s, the early 2000s, where that copper orange was a very popular color. Yeah. It was that, but it was all rusted out. <laughs> and just this crappy car. He's like, what happened to that car? She's like, oh, well, apparently there's a lease. And apparently, so it says, like, you can't drive so many miles. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like 50,000. <000. laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Um. Well, how is Doc? I, I got a. Okay. He's in the chats. He's in the chats. So. There's no, there's no uh, super chats yet. Though. No I'm super chats. My no. gosh, you guys are following the giving you any money. Nobody's we're just talking of. We're talking about how well off we are. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm yeah, because we're cheap. Money. Florian doesn't have a car. I got something that doesn't have air conditioning. You're talking about how your starter home is going to be your retirement home. I sacrificed and lived in a basement. <laughs> we earned it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could get some of the basic maintenance out of the way. There are super chats available in the description below. I think is the links to all the other ways you can give us money. Don't all of you donate at once. No, seriously, don't over flood the internet with donations to my accounts. Did you just say us? Give us, us money. I like to think us. Hey, I, <laughs> what? I tell, did I tell you the deal? I, I'm giving Elkins. No, you did not. Do you oh, want you? to tell me? Am I? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It shows, about it. It, it shows you what an asshole I am. So okay. um, we want. I want to start doing the Elkins Hour. So it's kind of whenever we got time to do it, we'll do it because we're bored. We need a break from doing real work. And so I had him on for the first quote official Elkins Hour. We're talking accounting and taking questions. You know, financial hour. And um, we got a couple. Yeah, we got a couple of uh, super chat donations and the ideas. If you got a question, make a super chat. Chad will answer it. Uh -huh. And I said, I'll give I'll give Chad a whole five percent cut of the super chat money. He gets a whole five for a whopping five. A whopping five because I'm a nice fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> but no, he I give him half. He he gets half of that. Hey, guess who came through with us begging for money? Who did? Oh wait, six six six. six. Yes, six six six, baby. Mark of the beast. There's, there he is. I'll do. I'll do. I'll. Dekua? How do you say his last name? Who gives a shit? We don't like him anymore. <laughs> okay. 
He, he says, uh, I'm studying calculus, but here you go. Say hi to DT. Well, hi. There you <laughs> I'll go. I'll say hi, hi to you. myself. Say hi to, say hi to DT. Hi, DT. Hi. <laughs> um, anyway, also the standard stuff, you know, subscribe, like to the older brother podcast, like the video now. If you know, I know it's a pain in the ass. You got to do that. Uh, and I think that's about it just for the maintenance. We kind of got all the kinks worked out and all the maintenance stuff. Uh, I don't know. I guess sponsor with that. Uh, this is sponsored by Alaska Chaga US dot US Alaska Chaga dot US spelled C H A G A dot US. Um, it's a alternative to coffee. It's like mushroom tea, which sounds weird, but I guess that's popular with the kids nowadays. Hmm. What mushroom tea? Like tea from like normal mushroom or that mushroom tea? No, 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 not Funny. no. Or shrooms? Is yeah. it shroom tea or mushroom tea? No, 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 no. It is mushroom tea. I think it's dried out and it has some of the caffeinated properties. And um, I guess it's pop. People like it. And I'm really horrible with my sponsors. That's why I charge $50 a month, but I'll still advertise them two months after the fact because I never get around to sponsoring them as much or I don't link to them as much. So I kind of like it. And he's, he paid me like three months ago. And I like, so I keep plugging them anyway. Plus, it's not like it's a, I don't know, you kind of want to help out your fellow entrepreneur and like, yeah, go here, go there, uh, check it out. But no, it is not the, um, it's not the fun mushrooms. It's mushroom tea you can drink and then still go to work. Uh, and tolerate your diversity training. Yes. Uh, oh, we got another super chat. <clears throat> uh, Kevin writes, did you hear Last Man Standing is coming to Fox? Isn't it on two days from now, this Friday? It's soon, yep. Let's nice. get up. Very soon. I do want to promote that. I never watched that show. I heard good things about it. You're kidding. You never watched I it? Like Tim, I like Tim the Toolman Taylor or Tim Allen. I like him, but yeah, I never watched it. No, that was, um, did you ever watch black books? No. Father Ted. No. IT crowd. No. Warren, you watch any of these? I heard about the IT crowd. I watched them from time to time, but, um, I have, I may have watched some of the other shows cause in Germany, they dub everything, synchronize everything with the invent other titles. So I may know these shows you're talking about, but by name, not, I don't know. But I mean, oh. Alan is is tool man, tool time. That's yeah, that that I know. I like him a lot. Yeah, this this show. I, I was listing those shows because they're my favorite shows. This show ranks up there in terms of how funny this show was. There was some cringy, wincy moments, like when they did, like I don't know if it was the actresses that want. Well, we want to do shows. We want to do musical stuff, and so uh. I think he capitulated and allowed them to do like two or three musical skits. Uh, and they were horrible, absolutely painful. Um, but otherwise, the writing and the humor. And uh, Vanessa Baxter, who plays the mom, is hot. Hot. I don't care how old she is. She's hot. Um, that alone is worth tuning into. But it was it was definitely – go watch it. I think you can get, like – I don't know. Even if it's worth – even if you got to pay the six bucks on Amazon Prime or whatever, go watch it. It's, it's good, wholesome uh, of fun. It, there's no cursing or swearing and – and the they they finally rag on the Democrats, right? They and that's finally, why he got canceled initially. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it. But I mean, they the one of the daughters starts dating this. She's in middle school, so there's this gangly, nerdy, dark haired, dark eyed kid with thick rim glasses, and one of the other daughters comes in and says, "Hey, why are you dating Rachel Maddow?" <laughs> 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 Just get some. Hey, have you seen? 
pictures of Rachel Maddow when she was younger. Oh, she, she was, was a babe. fucking hot. Oh. She was really nice looking. And then, you know, leftism hit. <laughs> and and she looks like a man. Mr. Maddow. As Alex Jones would say, Mr. Maddow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, a similar thing happens to, to many women, right? They just shave their hair after a certain after a certain number of years have passed. But, I mean, look at Scarlett Johansson, right? She's like one of the prettiest women uh, out there, bar none. And then like after she's like 32, now the hair is all short and she's like all pro-feminism, rah-rah. Wait, it's even after the Avengers? Uh, I didn't watch the Avengers anymore. You know, I just not. Uh, but but you know maybe so you're saying she's a little bit more attractive now. Well, no. I, last time I saw it was in the Avengers. Of course, that was probably filmed two years ago. I didn't. But see, I don't pay attention to the to the People magazine or the Inquirer uh, drama. I mean, did she shave her hair or something? No, it wasn't. Uh, she cut it, it right? Was, yeah. It was short. The nice thing about the Avengers movies is that they always make sure to get an athletic Scarlett Johansson butt shot. There's always something where she's approaching the bad guys and her butt's like most of the frame. Fantastic. Um, you guys know... I'm trying to find it on the internet. Um, you guys know the uh, feminist Big Red? <laughs> yeah, She's in halfway yeah. sane now. Well, there's um, I'm trying to find it on the internet because I successfully screen shared it. Is she accusing Kavanaugh now of something? No, I'm accusing Kavanaugh next. I'm the big secret new accuser that's coming up. Don't even get me started about that. I I don't even. Are you? Sh- I, I I wanted to get you started about that. That's been. That's I, I'm still started about it. I'm still humming. I'm revving. I know in the <laughs> long run it's going to help us, uh, because even. They're, they keep forgetting there are moderate Democrats, and a lot of the Democrats out there are um, these nice people who just think that they should help out the little guy. In other words, they got yeah. the right heart and soul. They're just completely delusional about what that party stands for, except when you do stuff like this. I mean, okay, Anita um, Hill. Who's the one that went after Clarence Thomas. Anita Hill. Yeah. Anita Hill. Claim that Clarence Thomas was making crude jokes or, or sexually approached her or whatever. This is, and, and, and certain people could say, okay, that's not professional. I'm really wondering about that. But the Democrats have now, the professional ones, not their rank and file, I'm just for the little guy type of Democrats. They have crossed the line where they're going back to high school yearbook inscriptions uh, and saying, here's a 17, 18 year old kid. And by gosh, he did. And 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 there's no. And what has the gal testified? Has Ford even testified yet? Uh, here, here's the deal. She's been delaying, saying, "Well, I can't fly in a plane because oh, of the sake. claustrophobia of the. Uh, I'm claustrophobic now because of the trauma. And the way it sounds is that basically what's happened is the Republicans are smart. They know that what the Democrats, if she was going to testify first, she demanded that Kavanaugh go first. How does how do you respond to your accuser if you need to go first? You can't do that. The accuser has to go first. So first she tried to do that. Now now she wanted, well, I want all the Republican senators to question me. And the Republican senators are smart. And they're like, we're going to bring in a female lawyer to question this person so that the Democrats don't have clips of a bunch of old white guys right. asking a, quote, victim 
about her about what happened to her. So so the the thinking right now, and I agree with it. I I don't think she's going to testify on Thursday. She's delayed it. They've been accommodating as fuck for this. Oh, they, 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 one they, person, one person can shut down the fucking country over, over allegations lie. from 36 years ago from fucking high school. A she can shut down the fu- fucking country over a made up memory that was probably induced by hypnosis. If you believe this bitch and her allegations, you have to believe an alien abduction Democrats. Yeah. Because that's that's what hypnosis and memory retrieval is. All the people that believe that they are abducted was through memory uh, retrieval through <laughs> hypnosis. So uh, she can shut down the country, and um, and she's she's not going to show up. And so hopefully the Republicans just say, "Okay, fuck it, we're voting, we're getting this done." That we, we've been we've been strung along, we've been patient enough. Fuck you, people, we're done. Well, I hope they say that because one problem is that. You know, Chuck Rasley even said, you know, he's the he's the guy who's running the confirmation um, uh, uh, committee hearings, and he basically even offered to fly someone out to Lazy Ford—that's her name, right—to California yeah. so she can testify there. No, 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 no. There was this wasn't possible. That wasn't possible. I think the problem that Chuck Rasley has is uh, that you also have Jeff Flake on the yes. committee, and Jeff Flake doesn't run for re-election. But Jeff Flake does run around and give interviews to CNN and and and, yeah, and MSNBC and all the other, maybe the occasional Fox as well. But he is basically he could be more invested into you know being there, like looking at his media career afterwards. So there's little leverage you have against well, someone well, like help, Jeff Flake. help me out for him for those of us who've dropped out of politics. Who's Jeff Flake? Is he he sits on this uh, judicial committee? Yeah. So the judicial committee is I think eleven. Republicans and 10 Democrats. And so either one of the Republican senators could basically realize they have more power than they should have and can basically be the, like, you know, the kingmaker there. And he is the one of the two senators from Arizona, Jeff Flake. And he was retiring after the Senate term, right? So there's, there's no, you know, there's no, nobody you can say, okay, uh, we strip the, these and those chairman positions from you if you don't Toe the line with us, right? So he's, a ne- he's a never Trumper. Flake's a and never also, Trumper. Okay, and, uh, so he's a Republican who's borderline traitor. Yeah, and and there's yeah. no better name for a guy than the way that he asks or the way that he acts. Jeff Flake. I mean, there's no better last name for the way that that guy acts. Who was the yeah, guy? Exactly. Who was the guy? Gosh, it must have been 15 years ago. Um. Switch from the Republicans to the Democrats. Yep. Yep. Just- uh, what was his name? Yep, you're right, Florian. Ar- Ar- Arlen Specter. Not Arlen. It was before that. Another guy I want to say named Jeff. Hmm. And um, it was Are one he- of those 4950 no. deals that he just stabbed. The- All the Democrats were masturbating to the fact he did that. I remember that. Right. It was quite. It was a long time ago. I forgot what it was. Um, <clears throat> All right, so then. Are the, and then all of a sudden there's other people coming in and accusing him now, or is this all bull? I know it's bullshit to begin with, but is this just a, you know, like with Trump, when one gal said that he assaulted her, you know, a bunch of others came by later and said the same thing. Yeah, there, there was um, uh, Ronan Farrow. That's basically the Mia Farrow's son, right? He, he grew up with uh, Woody Allen and, and the family. Mia oh, he's, he, I'm sure he's the epitome of mental health. Yeah, you doubt a little bit. Um, he is a reporter, and people say he's one of the most trustworthy reporters, independent of his party affiliation. 
but um, he basically brought out the story in the New Yorker and basically saying, yeah, exactly. As you said, the second person comes forward and said, well, there was a rowdy party and they made me drunk. And then, and then Kavanaugh um, uh, stripped naked and, and shoved his, you know what, in my face. That's what she said. And, um, and that was also just completely, completely um, invented, most likely, because even the New Yorker article, Farrow even says, uh, he doesn't have any any corroborating witnesses. He just heard it from someone who also was at that dorm at that time. I hear someone said, someone else said. That was this New York article. Even the New York Times, even the New York Times said, we didn't run the story, but because there was no good corroborating evidence of the story. But he ran with it. So but here's, I'm no Joe Souchere when it comes to my knowledge of journalism, but don't you have to have like three verifiable facts you have, you have to do your due diligence not anymore he got he got his um cred uh, he's the guy that took down uh harvey weinstein it was ronan farrell guy i, I, I know believe. he got his cred because he came from rich folks right that's but, where his cred came from and but, he's got le- connections. but of late that's the only reason why people pay attention to him is because he got that right okay he'll be bob wardward he'll take down one person he'll never yep. do anything yeah. That exactly, exactly, and so so it, he runs this story, and it's got more credibility than it really deserves. Um, and what it really forced—I don't know if you saw uh, Florian the interview with uh, with Kavanaugh on Fox last night, but Kavanaugh yeah. comes out and he says, "I was a fucking virgin in high school and most of college." He's con- he comes out and has to kind of embarrassingly admit that he's this really good guy and he's such a good guy that he was a virgin. <laughs> yeah, that's the amazing thing, right? Because the Democrats painted the story as, I mean, clearly the, the Blasey Ford was just delaying, right? So she was delaying that Ronan Farrow could come up with his hit piece. And um, and then Kavanaugh goes on the record, says, hey, I'm I'm actually, as you say, I'm actually this virgin. And, um, and they wanted to paint like Kavanaugh as this, Fred boy, yeah, these Fred boys, they always do these, they always make the women drunk and then take advantage of them. Little, little Republican Fred boy. That was their story. And that storyline collapsed when he gave his when he gave his interview. So now there's in, in sales there's something called overselling, right? Yeah. You never oversell. And the Democrats oversold their hand. They should they had this Blazy Ford, and then it would have been enough when there's rumors about a second accuser somewhere, right? But then once you're winning, you know, you don't you don't help it along anymore. You just lean back and let things happen. And the Democrats, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately for them, they had to one up themselves. And that has probably cost them uh, uh, trustworthiness. And if you have if you have a situation where in the end, uh, Kavanaugh will say it didn't happen. And then Blasey Ford, if she ever testifies as it did happen, then there's like he said, she said. Who do you believe then? If you, if you, if, if the if the lazy Ford side has made itself completely ridiculous, then you will believe Kavanaugh in that case, right? So it was a very strategic misplay by the Democrats. I'm happy that they did it, but um, but you know that that's that's what happened. I think the only problem with your analysis, Florian, is you're assuming that less than fifty percent of our country isn't fucking insane. <laughs> and and that's the yeah. problem is that even somebody like I was watching the, the the Sunday shows and Matthew Dowd, who's supposed to be this great uh, independent thinker, 
said, well, if there's doubt as to whether this 36-year-old uh, accusation from high school is true or false, if, there, if there's doubt whether it's true or false, you have to come down on the default position to deny Kavanaugh the Supreme Court nomination. And that is just that I, when I saw that and, I, I, and when I've seen the last two weeks of things going on, I, I'm like, we're, we've reached peak insanity. Right now is peak insanity. If you can, if one slot can, can take the, the entire country hostage with, with just making shit up, making her memories up, um, and shut everything down, uh, we've reached peak insanity. We're not, the, the, the rhetoric now, what people view as, as reasonable now, the logical arguments that they're constructing, it's insane. There is no sanity anymore. And, and we on the right always like to try to make our arguments logical and sane. And we're dealing with people who are completely fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, and and um and I just want to add to that and um, uh, one thing that you know I was surprised if you look at some of the leftist Twitter feeds, um, they will actually they're really out for blood. They they will actually say you know um, it's not enough if we take back the House and Senate, we need to really really take revenge for anything that happened in the last two years, and uh, you can't you can't reason with people like that. More and more important it is that 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 you know. I hope that Republicans see that and um, and decide to go out in the midterms and vote. Okay, Aaron, I'm seeing what you're putting up on the on the feed now. Holy crap, that's the red-haired chick. Oh man, that's those her? were the times. <laughs> is your is your microphone not working now or something, Aaron? Because are you supposed to? Are you just letting us react to uh, whatever Big Red being completely fucking hot before she became Big Red? Aaron, I think sorry, hang on. Sorry, are you guys there? Yeah, we're yeah. here. Uh, sorry, no, this is you know uh, troubles of a live stream. Um, I, I had it, I had it muted because I wanted you guys to talk because you you have a good coverage. But then I I started looking around, and the problem is if I put it up, it'll like show the screen, showing the screen, showing the screen. Unless I actually go to that image, did everybody see that picture of that gal? Oh yeah, yeah, that was big red. <laughs> and that—that's just. <laughs> you want to talk about insanity? What's the old big red commercials? What, oh no, the big little red. jingle, the jingle for bed. No, I know that's her nickname, but wasn't there the big red gum too? Wasn't it? there was double mint where all the hot chick, the hot twins? Oh yeah, the hot twins. Mint, oh yeah. Wasn't there some kind of big red song that was all hot too? I should play that along with that. What I I did want to say this this thing you hit it on the head there, DT, about critical insanity. Florian may be a little bit more uh, informed on this. uh, I presume with his European education, but uh, when you have a society collapse, usually it's due to um, a famine, either uh, induced by bad weather, but more recently. Uh, communism, where a critical mass of people just aren't working because there's no incentive anymore. Uh, but I think in the United States, we may actually see a collapse uh, because of insanity. Agree. Where if you have <clears throat> if you have people giving credence and consuming uh, as much as we may not like the government, this is important business. The government does conduct important business. It is vital. 
to the success of this economy and this nation. You need to have a government. We need to have judges. We need, right now, we're short one on the, on the Supreme Court. We need somebody up there, right? And if half the population, mindlessly or consciously, maliciously or naively, are going to get in there and gum up the works on stuff like this and not agree to at least, you know, yes, we have rules and, and laws that govern how someone gets nominated, how the government is to operate, and they're going to throw sand into all the gears. Let alone think of day-to-day -day operations. Like these people are being corrupted to the point of incompetence and insanity on the cellular level. It's like a cancer. Right. I mean, a perfect example, somewhat related, albeit tangentially. We went, uh, DT, you ever been to the Spy House coffee stores in the Twin Cities? No. All right, there's there's three of them. The one in Uptown's pretty cool. Um, uptown, I don't go. I don't go downtown. Right. Well, I, Uptown. I, I love running around Lake of the Isles and Lake Calhoun, Lake Carrot. I love running it, so I'm willing to drive down there. Plus, I have the time. So, uh, anyway, this is one of the few coffee houses I'll go to because the people don't look like they're you know rejects that that should have been aborted long ago. Um, they don't look like they're missing chromosomes. I mean, like, okay, there's not too many soy boys. Well, then I went to the one over in Northeast on Broadway. Uh, Florian, not that you know where these places, just another place. And there, the soy was real. There, I'm looking around. I turn to the GF, and I'm like, there's not one guy here. I'm And DT, how big of a guy am I? You're not the biggest guy I've ever seen, no. Right, right. I am not kidding. I could take every single guy in that place and that's not bragging because uh, it wasn't that much of competition. I mean, it was weak, pathetic men, ugly women. Sure enough, I, uh, I ordered my double espresso and there's two signs bragging, not advertising, not notifying. They're bragging that they've done away with straws for the environment. If you'd like a straw, they have paper straws. And I was just like, this is insane. This is insane. And if you look at the percentage of the population in that that coffee house, they all believed it. All these worthless, I think pre most of them were probably college kids or 20-somethings thinking they're going to write the next playwright for The Matrix 4 or whatever, what other crap they're working on their apples with. Uh, these are delusional kids. They are not functional. They are not self-supporting. Guarantee you nearly everyone in the Spy House coffee store was somehow parasitic, relying on parental money, not paying back the student loans, letting it accrue interest, living off of government money and grants, probably directly receiving some kind of government handout or some kind of stipend from the folks. These are not healthy cells of the human population. And if you get enough of them and they're going to start to attack, like it's one thing if you're just this cell, I don't know, Florian, you would know this, you're in biology. Is there a difference between a cancerous cell that doesn't attack other cells? It's just, it's just not a, a healthy cell, but it's not attacking and co-opting other cells. It's like malignant or what's the, the word? Benign, right? You have benign tumors that, 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 but they can become malignant, right? But there's something like a cell that, that grows too much, but just not threateningly much. Right, but then there are malignant would be the bad cells that try to attack and co-opt other cells, correct? Yeah, uh, something like that, close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so these people were just uh, uh, benign but completely worthless. Uh, th but there's others like this Ford gal, like, oh, who's the old hag that needs to die who brought her in? Uh, uh, yeah, Feinstein, right? Yeah. 
that there's a malignant, there's a a, a cancerous growth. Yeah, she's horrible. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, and and once you get enough non-productive attacking cells within any body, biological or social, uh, the society will collapse. And I, man, Almighty, I, mean, I thought I thought the how the financial crisis was would be the reset button. Apparently, it's not. But uh, and no one really learned their lesson from this. No. Oh my God, this. And it's childish. That's why I don't pay attention. I just get my blood pressure up because this is fucking childish and fucking bullshit, uh, especially on the part of the Democrats doing this 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 circus and bullshit uh, with the nation's highest court. Well, and the Republicans, when when Obama nominated uh, Kagan and Sotomayor, the Republicans say they're qualified. We might not agree with them. It's his right to to make these appointments. We'll vote them on through. This is when people say. Well, it's on both sides. You'll hear no. people say that a lot. No, it's not no. on both sides. The only reason why this is happening is because the Democrats are what were before this guy was even nominated, one hundred percent against him, and and would not would not vote for him no matter what. And they're trying to delay so that they can take control of the House or the Senate. Senate, and then they will just there will be if they take the Senate, there will be empty seats on the Supreme Court until. I guess the Republicans take it back or the Democrats win the presidency. Presidency, yeah. They will fight that long because they are insane. They are evil. They are filth. When I thought that the Democrats couldn't get any lower, they get lower. And they're going to get worse. One person shutting down the entire fucking country is bad enough. This is going to get worse because Democrats are absolute filth. And that's a very important thing to understand, especially for any Christians out there listening. These people are not fellow children of God. They are filth. They are children below of filth. And it's they, important to realize that. Yep. I, and you I, should watch Jesse Lee Peterson. Have you, have you guys watched Jesse, Jesse Lee Peterson? No, who is who is she? He's, who? A, he's a black guy. He's a Republican, basically. He's a black guy running a... He's a, he's a, um, uh, he's a reverend, actually, and he has like his own church. So I understood, and he has like a call-in show, and and it's basically, uh, if you want to describe, it, it's basically a black version of Rush Limbaugh a little okay. bit. So he's like, I mean, you check it out on YouTube. He has good points, but he also calls SDT just did the the Democrats children of the lie, and um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you gotta see it now with the with the um, uh, with their tries to delay the uh, confirmation of Kavanaugh. I, I just wish I could make a plea to, because they at least account for half. Again, those nice Democrats who think, oh, I just, you know, I think we should help out the poor people. You guys have got to wake up. Yeah. I mean, look at who's violating freedom of speech, albeit they're not the government. I know they're private companies, but they're they're interfering. A private entity, private individuals are interfering with other private individuals' attempts at freedom of speech. <clears throat> you have the Democrats. Pull, pulling up a lie, ruining him, trying to ruin a man's life. I think Kavanaugh, I think it, it was great when Kavanaugh says he vowed that he was not going to step right. back. Yeah. I'm right. like, good, finally, there's a Republican. I think we found the one testy in the entire Republican Party. <laughs> Kavanaugh's got it. The virgin testy. The virgin testy. We should do, we should write like a like a like a children's book called the Kavanaugh Testy, the Virgin Kavanaugh Testy. And so pent up over a couple <laughs> decades. Just bam. <laughs> Uh, but look at look at how the Democrats are completely against the Democratic process. They're completely violating the rules. And you know what? Fine. They're bringing it under technicality. They're following and obeying the rules. All right. That's fine. But how do I want to say it? 
Who's obeying the rules? There's, they're not. The, okay, the here, here's here's what it is. Look at ha who has the individual honor and respect to respect the rules. Obama nominates the Republicans. Say, you know what the rules are? You get to nominate and let our thing. We're going to approve because that's how it is. Yep. Uh, I could never run a business where I would fire an employee because they participated in the political process or had a blog or dared to speak their mind or wrote a book or whatever. Right. I mean, think of a, what a fucking scumbag I would be. Oh, yeah, I have the right to fire this person, but what am I, what a dick. What a dickhead move. And there is no honor or intention of maintaining a democracy or this republic on the part of the Democrat Party because they're all about power. They're all about keeping their, their cushy little government jobs. They're all about avoiding having to work in the real world. And they will destroy this country and your lives, by the way, Democrats. You nice, right. good, you good union Democrats. Well, just for a little. You need to wake the fuck up and realize that there are tyrants not at your door, but in your household, in your party, the ones you vote for. Yeah. And who do you yeah. think? Who do you think delivers all your food via truck? Do you think it's a bunch of soy boy, you know, Democrat, <laughs> you know, guys that have pictures of Obama? on their wall no they are red hat wear and make america great type people they're the ones delivering your food when shit goes down you starve they're well, they're don't done dt you know what they'll do they'll do what south africa is doing they'll just give the white farms to the black people and no. they'll manage the farms wonderfully well and you'll have a success known as zimbabwe they don't have <laughs> guns in south africa i believe could you imagine it, it? I use the black because it's South Africa, but could you imagine handing a farm over to a Just, bunch of master's degree liberal art limp <laughs> of pussy white boys who like who maybe have a couple <laughs> chickens in their backyard and they yeah. think they're Farmer John yeah. <laughs> or you know the, their little organic uh, little garden that they grow and and all of a sudden they think they can take over you know a uh, you know a couple uh, forty acres, couple forty acre plots worth uh, of. Uh, worth of crops diesel exhausts uh carbon dioxide which is a greenhouse gas we're not going to use any of these chemicals we're going to be organic oh god it'd be you boy stalin himself could not collapse the farming industry as quickly as a bunch of sjw's trying to run a farm you mean well, i have to kill that pig what <laughs> oh but they would already decide i mean they would decide they would decide that um you know they shouldn't they shouldn't farm crops this type of crops or potatoes this year or whatever uh, they would decide it democratically that they're not going to plant crops this year on their farm the problem is with these like committee de decisions and all that it's like somebody is just too lazy to do it you don't know oh man haven't you heard potatoes will just like deprive the the precious ground of the minerals we can't we shouldn't have potatoes and what really the motivation is is I don't want to work, and um, and and that would that would be one of the reasons why these why farming by liberal uh, liberal Marxists would actually fail. The the you'd be surprised what laziness explains. Um, and we could talk sexism and Me Too and the Supreme Court and the Democrats have this right da 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 da. What it ultimately boils down to, uh is laziness. That's the only reason these Democrats are doing it is because they don't want to work a real job. It's the fear of labor and toil. 
Because if they ever get out of office, then they're going to do what that Republican guy is doing. Because he, too, is afraid of working a real job. They're going to try and find some job in, in academia or, or the media. But, but nearly everybody, both right and leftist, but predominantly leftist, that's why they're left, is everything they do is to avoid what President Obama, his entire life was avoiding real work. The presidency was the first real job that piece of shit ever had. Right. And I think it was shocked. Wait, whoa, $60 an hour? What, what, what are 60 hours a week? What now? What now? Uh, and he, he went great quick. Of course they all do. Uh, but yeah, these, the, that's, that's every, you want to, you go to the heart of every core incentive that the left has. It's they're avoiding work. Yeah. And they find the shortcut. I mean, they avoid, avoid work in their arguments too, because basically if this works with Kavanaugh, and I've described it to Mrs. DT, and she doesn't like it when I describe it this way, but it's absolutely true. And she's and she's definitely coming along. It's very depressing her for her to come along on this argument. But you know what? Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh retracted his nomination or was denied nomination of the Supreme Court because vagina. That was that's the reason. <laughs> because vagina that's ultimately what but, it is but why but why you, vagina? Claim you, you have why? to huh you want to know why because it, again that that goes back to laziness yes, look at right. all the women and the democrats that placate to these women you're oppressed you need assistance you need help you need preferential treatment it's like oh i'm gonna hide behind my vagina it's not because vagina it's because i'm lazy right. i'm gonna claim it's vagina yeah it's a short circuit it's a it's short circuiting a logical argument it's basically it's it it's it, it's like religion. It's just that is the the golden uterus, whatever. You kneel before Zod, you kneel before the V, and and you have to submit. And that's a very lazy, um, very uh, yeah, short circuiting argument. It, it's any trait that you're born with, and the reason why, and you can see it. They'll hide behind race. They'll hide behind the color of the skin. Yep. They'll hide behind uh, plumbing. They will hide behind made up. Joe, I'm a pan sapiosexual, whatever. Now I think increasingly because if you're a straight white male uh, and you're not going to act gay, what do you do? Oh, I have the ADHD, the Asperger's, the hood to hood to hoods. I'm yeah. mentally disabled. People are scrambling for some kind of trait that they either were obviously born with, you know, something obvious like say skin color or, or, or uh, plumbing. Or something that cannot be proved, but you can claim is a genetic thing or psycho. Oh, I have this disorder. I have that disorder. So that they could claim victim status and not have to work. Period. End of discussion. That's That's been the, the main game. I'd say going back to the late 80s with the uh, diversity of all aspects of life, uh, saying that I have value because of this trait or I am a victim because of this trait that I didn't control. I was born with it. And, oh, by the way, I'm oppressed. Give me free things. Give me lower standards. Give me preferential treatment. Again, right. lazy. Just pure lazy. That's all it is. But there's something very special about sex. I mean, it's sort of, it is the top of the heap. It is. It's unassailable. It is what, it's what gets all the attention. It's what titillates. It's, it, I mean, every single scandal here. I mean, we, we had under Obama, we had the fucking IRS going after conservative organizations. The, the power of the government weaponized under Obama and, and Lois Lerner to go after conservatives to uh, basically uh, thwart the 20, uh, what was that, the 2012 election. 
right? Mm -hmm. That's what we had. And now we're spending all of our time on one woman making a claim about sex from 36 years ago. But, but you know why? Because men will bow down before it. That's the right. number one thing they want. Conservative, right. Democrat, doesn't matter. Right. And, and they, got, they got all these boys. And I, I'm going to tell this to the boys all out there listening. Agreeing politically with a woman, conservative or Democrat, liberal or feminist, but typically feminist and liberal because that's how been, they've been indoctrinated. Agreeing with a liberal girl or a feminist girl does not get you laid. Right. I'm going to repeat that again in case you didn't get it, soy boys. Agreeing with a liberal or feminist woman about her politics or her feminism will not get you laid. And you, you soy boys keep thinking, you go on your white night and you go, oh my God, the, the sanctity of a woman. Oh my, da, 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 da. Uh, pay, again, third time, boys. Agreeing with a woman's leftist, Democrat, or feminist politics will not get you laid. And you want to know why they so desperately want to believe that agreeing with their politics will get them laid, DT and Florian? Do you know why? Because it's lazy. Because it's lazy. Because <laughs> they don't want to go to the gym. Yep. The past five <laughs> minutes has laid down more knowledge and wisdom on you young boys than, than anything you'll ever get from your fathers. Okay? I, I you just, just save this one and save the minute mark and put it down because that is it. That is how simple. This is not a complicated machine. That's the new $60,000 BMWs. This is the simple 1988 Mercedes that Florian wants to buy. Here's the ignition. There's a transmission. There's a the thing. That's it. It starts and it goes. It's no more complicated than that. Yes. But, but, but you know, but the women, they all told them that they are the, like the best friends ever. And they even told them that, man, you will find, you will find the woman who gets together with you, the woman who marries you will be the happiest woman on this earth. Luckiest you know, woman in the world. <laughs> I don't know why you can't find a good girl. Did any girls tell you that? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, say again? I, did any of you girls tell you that? Like, I got that a couple of times. You know, a girl who finds you is going to be really lucky. And, yeah. and, you look, and you look back in the past, and like, you lying cunt. Yeah, exactly. You lying, you lying bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that's painful own experience. I was waiting for that woman that would be the luckiest woman in the world just by marrying me. And somehow it never, never materializes. I know. She's she's out there, Florian. She's got to be there somewhere. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, um, uh, this, what is what is kind of boggling to me is that um, you know in high school you see the guy that play foot the, the guys that play football you may think you may think maybe they're douchebag or not but you, you really I mean I don't understand why uh, why unfortunately I have to say so many men don't realize that you know that the guy they see the guys who are like muscular they get all the girls. So why not do the second step and actually go to the gym yourself and work out? Maybe maybe that's the reason. That's, you, were you that's not what paying determines attention? the price. Were you not paying attention? What's the theme of today's podcast? Four letters. Four letters. Worse than the C word. Worse than the F word. Two really uh -huh. high scoring Scrabble letters in there. <laughs> Lazy. Lazy. They don't want to go to the gym. They saw, oh, they go to the gym. They got to lift heavy things. That sucks. And it does suck. But they and, and to be honest, the guys that are getting all the chicks, the, the quarterbacks and stuff, they're lazy too. They were blessed with good genetics. They're not that way because of work. No way. <laughs> they're too young. Maybe later on, 
maybe later on guys, you know, that put in the work start to look really good. But when you're in high school, uh, that's all genetics there. You think? I don't really. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, athletes, athletes, there is, I mean, you can just tell when somebody is an athlete that they're just gifted. They've got good genetics. That's the way they move. Uh, you can't train your body to do that. You know who I envy? And he's probably listening, and many of you know him. You know Marcus Brown over on Facebook? I've heard of him, yes. Uh, young black gentleman. Not, yep. I was going to call him a kid, but he's he's in his 30s now. But uh, he was on the cover of the Black Man's Guide to Poverty, friend of mine in Chicago. So I'm looking, you know, he's, he's doing this diet and working out in there, and the dude is just ripped. Kid's got like six-pack packs. I'm like, damn, Marcus is really, you know, Mark, yeah, he must be working out really hard. So then I go down and I visit him one time and uh, we're hanging out and I say, hey, you want to go for a run? Because uh, the North Shore has got some nice trails. You run around Lake, Lake Michigan. Chicago architecture is beautiful, I think. It's like, yeah, let's go. So we start running. We're two miles. In. He's like, hey, I got to stop. I'm like, what? He's like, dude, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not in shape. I'm like, what do you mean you're not in shape? You got like this chiseled body. And, and so there was a little bit of like, oh, maybe his genetics lends it a little bit better or something like that. But I'm like, damn, I'd love to have the genetics of Marcus where maybe I hit the gym once in a while. I don't run and I look like I'm fucking He-Man. Right, right. Yeah. And you've got – and have you always been able to run that well, Clary? Uh, card, not really when I was – I mean, I could bike. Uh, my cardio was fine, uh, but you always got to train your legs. So I've I've switched in between running and biking. And it's night and day difference. Like I was in great shape as a cyclist. I'd be, you know, I'd be doing century, 100 miles uh, a day. Uh, not every day, but, you know, like on weekends, I do 100 miles or you call them centuries. Um, and I'd just be in great shape. And then all of a sudden you try and run completely different muscle set and you can't run to save your life. Then I've ran a lot, you know, where I'm banging out 10 miles every other day. And I think, oh, I can hop on the bike. Nope, nope, completely different muscle set. Um, but cardio, I've always been able to do no problem. No matter how much I tried to run long distance, I could never do it. I just couldn't. I, it was, uh, I had a high metabolism and my heart runs a little fast. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I think I didn't have as much space above my resting heart rate to really push myself long distance wise. So that's what I guess I'm getting at with the genetics is that, there is a lot of genetics involved. A hard work definitely is huge. I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in because I've been going to the gym for like the last four or five years or whatever. Um, but but athletes, man, I mean, these big guys that are fucking 300 pounds playing NFL, I mean, you can't really well, okay, train your yeah, body to do that. Seven, there's obviously an advantage there, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I got one... Uh, fan mail here i didn't check older brother i'll check into that uh michael writes mr claire i've been watching your videos for a long time and as a teenager i was very skeptical about what you were saying i am a not i am now about to enter college with affordable tuition truly looking at my options for the first time for opportunity instead of passion good we we switched them from a from a girl to a man um i had wanted to go into music for a long time and realized how stupid of a choice that would have been I have exceptional grades in all my studies and also practice, participate in clubs and work outside school and do good in all of those. I use my mind and my diligence to succeed. However, I did not do this alone. And without the help of you and others around me, I would have not realized my potential to make so much more of myself. So I want to say thank you for giving me the hard truth about the reality of life. That is from Michael. Thank you, Michael. That will go into 
the book, uh, the box of mementos. There's two other super chats here. If you want me to to read those, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and read them? I'm gonna log into the the older brother email. Okay, Fernando Covet says I do 60 push-ups. It's not just the jeans. Agreed. Right, <laughs> it's but not what just is the way? Like I can do 60 push-ups. Oh, he but said, I'm only he said he's 48 years old. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it does have, it has a lot. My high school, uh, weight training coach was great. He just fantastic. And he would describe everybody's built different. Um, you know, your arms can be longer or shorter. You can, you can weigh more, you can have your tendons hooked up at different spots on, on your skeleton and that all affects strength. And so he really preached, you want to, you, you, it's like golf. You want to compete with yourself. You don't want to compete with the completely different machine person that's next to you that's built completely differently. You know, that's why I don't run or try to work out against Florian. You do not want to fuck with Florian, man. He'll just kick your ass. <laughs> and then the other, the other, uh, let's see, it was a question from, I'm going to go back here. Sorry, it took a while. Kevin, Kevin McComer, he says, trades or office work? Any advice? Trades. If I were to do it all over again, I would have done trades. I'd say trades too. And yeah, I would have go, go ahead, Florian. Sorry. No, I, I was I was saying that um, anything that you think is not replaceable, right? Um, so if there's a machine, I don't even know if truck driver is a good choice right now. Probably I see not. like more and more automated truck trucks, like without any driver, uh, uh, like on the street. So right. So, but I, I would agree. With you guys, that trades is more important than than uh, than office work. And, and here's one thing: uh, the specific trades I would have gone into because it would have had the largest financial impact. A couple things: <clears throat> one, I would have started at like 13 or 14. Like if you were lucky enough to have your dad teach you, I would have gone into carpentry, plumbing, and electricity. And the reason why is then you can build your own freaking house. <laughs> yep. I, I'm being no serious. So you make your money, then you can build your own house. You can fix your own house. Yeah. You know, that's a huge thing right there. Um, you save literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your life if you could build your own house and repair your own house. And the other thing with the trades is it, it's a young man's game, but it ain't like computer and desk jobs are going to go anywhere. Uh, you can always go to college afterwards and become an accountant or learn programming or something like that, but you're only young once. So if, if, if it was me, I would have come out way further ahead uh, being a good carpenter or a plumber or electrician or a jack-of-all-trades. A master carpenter would have built my own house, probably would have had somebody pour the concrete, uh, but you could do your framing, your insulation, all that other stuff. Had I learned that at the age of 16 to 18, I, you, I would have made way more money and lived way more cheaply. And then, yeah, okay, I... You you torque your back and you or you break something you can't work anymore. Okay, then there's always college, and then you can go become an accountant. Or you or you start those the trades set yourself up to start your own business really well too. I mean, there's all these independent plumbers, and they get a little more work, and then they hire hire people. And so as right. as when you're young, you you build your client base as a plumber, and and start your own business, and and uh, and then hire the next young group of people coming up. So it, well. We, we talked about Larry, the guy that came out and put in my new uh, water main. Here's this guy smoking his cigarettes, 75 years old, right. and he had a crew working for him. You know, And that guy was a pro, man. He got that. Now, 
Guess what? Larry wasn't doing the heavy lifting. He was smoking his cigarettes and inspecting the work. But I'm sure in the day, Larry did all the heavy lifting and learned the hard way. Right. And the, the physical side of it is an important consideration, though. I mean, you definitely want to um, make sure you don't get hurt. I mean, because that can ruin the rest of your life. But but things in the office can hurt you, too. I mean, this whole carpal tunnel syndrome crap, you know, it's like people people get really debilitating injuries from just office jobs too. So it's, it's whatever you're doing. You got to make sure you're not that you're taking care of yourself, get to the gym, get your body moving the way that it should. And then you're less likely to get injured on the job. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you take office work serious, right. I mean, if, if, if I compare, like, I, I don't believe, I don't believe many women in middle management position, for example, uh, real, real work. I mean, real work, if you read what, for example, you know, we can we can we can say uh, we can say those are good bros as much as you want. But um, if when investment bankers start working, right? So I heard so many times that they have to um, they have to like put presentation together until one a.m. for their for their higher ups. Oh, it and sucks. Yeah, you don't want to work in really, really, uh, probably, Aaron probably knows more about that. But what I heard was that they have to really scramble and do like research all over the internet and then office work is also not just easy probably you can get carpal tunnel syndrome from there but not when some office assistant goes to the water cooler and and gossips with her besties and then do, does two-hour real work right right the the true price you're gonna pay in a, a white collar job is the politics and pettiness and bullshit yeah. not only as more and more people enter those fields and the type of people who enter those fields are your soy boys and your weak boys and not your, your real men, but women who are conditioned to think that one, they're power tripping careers, women, and that everything is an assault against them. Um, that is a huge concern. Uh, like, I mean, and, and this is where I follow the Pence rule. Like, yeah, you don't go into an, it, it's scary. Okay. You know, I don't think Gen Z women uh, are prone to it uh, as much. But man, I cannot imagine what it's like being conditioned and brainwashed to think you're oppressed and you got a narc on and tattletale on every little minor infraction or upsetness. Uh, that is, I have heard enough stories where it's girls all under thirty, always complaining about about something. Uh, where where it's, it, I can understand if it's a legitimate complaint, but it's not been. It's it's been like really uh, an Orwellian like, wow, you really got to walk around eggshells. You get in construction, you get into the oil rigs. You know what? You're not going to have a sexual harassment complaint about you. Uh, if anything, uh, a guy's going to spank you in the app or tweak your nipple because they're fucking joshing with you. And, and that's a benefit, I would say, of working in the trades or construction or, or, um, or a physically demanding job. That's just that petty bullshit doesn't fly uh, on an oil rig in North Dakota when it's 20 below zero. Because yeah, it can't afford to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, and it screens out all the feminists because deep and onside, what are they gentlemen? What are women's science made or women's studies majors? <laughs> take it away, Florian. Why don't women's studies majors close the wage gap tomorrow and go work on the Bakken oil fields? Why don't they do it? It's a, uh, uh, oh, La, 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 lazy, lazy, lazy. <laughs> lazy. <laughs> Got it. I know you're a doctor. You overthink things. Sometimes the solution. <laughs> Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Uh, we have a <clears throat> an email for you here, DT. 
Oh, okay. This is from the older brother email. You can email older brothers at olderbrother at yahoo.com. And uh, we'll be wrapping it up here. So if you guys want your questions answered, go ahead and do super chats. Otherwise, we'll be closing it up here pretty soon. Hello, this is from Daniel. Daniel writes, hello, older brothers. I was going to post this to happynihilist.net, but I don't want to make an account to send DT a comment, so it's below. DT, I'm a computer tech, and I found the following solution to 100% disk usage from tomshardware.com, a really good website when I need help. Okay, found a solution from another website. Simple. From alpha, from Windows menu, go to settings, then go to system, and then go to notifications and actions. Turn off show me tips about Windows. That's it. It takes maybe a minute or two to lower the disk usage, and I would recommend ending any task, any process in task manager that's making the disk usage go up in the meantime. But see, but were you saying that Windows 10 will just start it up again? Uh, yeah, I've I've tried lots of things. I probably tried that one. There's a Windows search that you can turn off to. There's all kinds of recommendations to fix this systemic problem of disk usage. That's basically just Windows 10. It's just the um, way that it operates. And well, <laughs> have you tried this? I mean, I'm no IT expert, but I did take you know computer programming. It didn't computer. It, yeah, I did. I, I did. Have you tried replacing it with Windows 7? No, but I, somebody said that uh, that I thought who told me this? Where me? Start, I told you that. Yeah, they're going to start uh, getting rid of Windows Seven and charging more and more and more to support it, right? Oh, great! Now I got to go to Windows Ten. Maybe will go. <laughs> That's what I, I heard. Somebody they're good. They're they're gonna they're gonna phase out Windows Seven, and they're gonna still support it, and it's gonna be cheap right now, and it's gonna get more and more and more expensive. Dude, I'm gonna... I, still have, I still have my Windows, my old laptop that still runs Windows XP uh, somewhere in my cupboard. I'm not going to throw that away because XP really went well. No, I actually at uh, Windows 10 is 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 crapola. I can tell anyone who try who thinks about Windows 10 is horrible. I had to buy a new laptop because my my old computer went off. And um and as much as I appreciate nowadays, you get a full fully functioning Windows laptop for 350 bucks new, but fully Windows 10. <laughs> yeah, fully functional. Windows 10 puts you into um, puts you. <laughs> yeah, it, it basically automatically locks you into their OneDrive, which is like the Windows yeah. Cloud. And yeah. it took me like a month to to like just get rid of this OneDrive, so OneDrive doesn't run on Windows 10 with my computer anymore. But you know, it's like a it's like a living advertisement machine sometimes. I so, I'm I. Uh... Hate to say this, I might join Matt Baldoni and become one of the Linux lovers, uh, the Linux superior race, uh, because at uh, least Linux doesn't fuck around. I mean, there's, there's, and they're easily downloadable. It's, it's no, it's point click interface. Uh, Ubuntu, Mint. There's plenty of uh, variants of Linux out there. Um, Linux. Have you have you heard the news lately about Linux? No. What? The Linus Torvalds. That's the guy who started it all, right? So uh, he decided to have a code of conflict where basically every programmer has to be excellent. That that has been in place for decades. They have now replaced it on the on the initiative of some social justice warriors with a code of conduct. <laughs> so now now it's like social justice warriors. They have all impinged on Linux, and people are thinking um, Linux somehow the older programmers they can actually withdraw the license or actually charge money for the license, something like that. So those people could actually go gold and say, frack it, do your own Linux if you want. We are out of here. 
And um, uh, that's an interesting. I just read about it like a half a year, half a week ago or something like that. You should look into that. You know why I'm not worried about that? I don't think the social justice warriors are going to co-op Linux and 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 mess with it. You know why? Because they're uh, lazy. Because they're lazy, <laughs> and to reprogram an operating system would take effort. They're lazy. <laughs> the yes. Lasix. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna invent Lasix. Lasix. L a z u x. I did that on mine. It went from 100% to 10%. And here's the other solutions there if that one doesn't work for you. Part of the problem with Windows 10 is, like you said, it's always running secret stuff in the background. And notifications eat up your processor and network bandwidth. And this stops all that. Uh, this is a quote from, the, from that website. He continues on. Uh, uh, Dan does. Yeah, Thanks Tom's for hardware is good. Tom's yeah, hardware Tom is a good source. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having a great forum where people can discuss ideas. Unfortunately, I just started the August podcast, so I'm way behind. Professional name, Dan the Man, non-diplume, Whiskey One Zulu. I've corresponded with DT at blackbrigade.org previously. Oh, right, thanks. Okay. Oh, hey, because I'm going to Seattle around middle of November if John Steele or TJ Martinell uh, want to grab a beer. Uh, I think TJ's up for it. John is very mysterious and in, in, in clandestine. Uh, but I could forward that to the guys. Um, I got to find TJ and uh, John's email, but we can worry about that later. So I wonder how many people consider themselves Dan the Man. <laughs> yeah, my nickname's Dan the Man. <laughs> hmm. uh, but maybe 50% of the Daniels out there call themselves Dan the Man, maybe. 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 Potentially. <laughs> okay, that's it for the Super Chats. No more. Oh, wait. Kevin came in. If I'm major accounting, should I minor in finance? Um, yeah, you can. I would say finance is a helpful major. It's one of the few minors that will actually accent your major in terms of practicality and help. Oh, wait uh, a minute now. What? You got to remember what he's going into. Shouldn't he minor in women's studies? He should <laughs> self-identify as a transgendered something. Yeah. And then yeah, major no. in accounting, something useful, and minor in something completely worthless. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, American uh, language or something. I'm not against people minoring in finance because the the paradox of finance is there is some very helpful stuff in there, especially the the math and the formula, and um, learning how financial markets work, learning about how does one fund a company or corporation. How do bonds? What are the cash flows associated with bonds versus stocks, and what are options? Uh, so it would supplement not only your professional life, but it's also going to help you in your personal life too. Unfortunately, you can't find a job with it, but thank God you have a your major is accounting. But right. yeah, I would not I would not say minoring in finance is a bad idea. Let's. Uh, you also forgot the uh, Porter's Five Forces that you also learn about in finance. Oh God! Well, well, that's advanced, uh, Florian. That you can't you can't learn about Porter's Five Forces. Uh, that's beyond a doctoral program. You. You have to get your triple doctorate at the prestigious Carlson School of Management to learn about Porter. You know what? I wonder. Let me look that up. If this fuck card is even still alive. Hang on. Okay. I don't know who the professor was. Porter's Five Forces. Okay. Who came up with it? Michael Porter, 1980. I was, was going to guess Michael, Porter. Michael E. Porter, 1979. I'm going to click on this guy. Career. Uh, born 1947. Still alive. 
American academic known for his theories on economics, business strategy, and social causes. He is the Bishop's William Lawrence University professor at the Harvard Business School. Uh, let's talk about career. Okay. Are you guys going to guess if he has any real-world working experience or has been an academic his entire life? Um, he, he, I think he is married to the L word. Do I don't care who he's married to. Did he, did he put up framing and sheetrock? He brewed beer. Maybe not. No. Maybe that's next, though. Okay, here, I'm going to read. I'm going to read. Porter, uh, Michael Porter is the author of 18 books and numerous articles, including Competitive Strategy, Competitive Advantage, Competitive Advantage of Nations, and On Competition, a six-time winner of the McKenzie Award for the best Harvard Business Review article of the year. So no real-world working experience yet. Porter like stated in competition. Yeah, he likes competition. Um Healthcare. Porter has devoted considerable attention to understanding and addressing the pressing problems in healthcare delivery in the United States and other countries. In his book, Redefining Healthcare, so he didn't work consulting. In addition to his research writing and teaching, Porter serves as an advisor to business government and the social sector. He has served as strategy advisor to numerous leadings, leading U.S. and international companies. Nonprofit. Um, no, this guy has never ran a business has never worked as an employee. Let's go early life. Uh, his father was a civil engineer. Michael Porter's father. Ba, 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 ba. Michael Eugene Porter. Is this? Oh, he has a degree in. Wait, 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 wait. Father who had gone into careers in armor. He has a degree in aerospace engineering and mechanical engineering in 1969. He received an MBA in 1971. So he didn't work. Those were his two years to MBA. Was that, that, he was that? an engineer? He was, an, he was an engineer. Engineer undergrad, MBA two years later, doctorate in economics in 1973, two years after that. So this guy never worked. Yeah, but he sounds pretty goddamn smart. I'm sure he's smart. Again, the reason Flory and I joke about Porter's Five Forces models is it's bullshit. Okay. It only could come from an academic. It could only come from a guy who sat in academia his entire life, never ran a business, never worked on a line, never filed an LLC. And I remember having to write papers about this dipshit simple yeah. comp concept. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with Aaron. I think it's not – I think uh, – um... Uh, he's basically stating the obvious and complicated word, right? So basically, he's he's what the five forces are. Uh, God, it's like uh, competition, the the, the product. If there's if there's a replacement product on the market, or like lots of parts for business strategy. Then it's it's not it's not like rocket science, right? It's things like oh, okay, it's obvious. There's competition, and I have to produce a better better item that that my competitor to get the competitive edge and so on and so forth, right? So it's basically um, it's basically stating the obvious in many, many more words. Um, I think Michael Porter comes from a time in the 1970s when uh, American academia had like a kind of a renaissance. Like everyone was thinking about like, yeah, and systems, and everyone thought about like systems theory, that's the way to go. They thought they can come up with a formula that explains yeah. the world and all how, how you manage work and everything in a few formulas. And, and in, in that happy time for academics, uh, the people who went into academia back then, they have really good jobs now, are well paid. That's when Michael Porter and others came in. 
But, but what, what is university absolutely lacking is, and what high school is also lacking, teaching students how to, how to balance their tax return or balance their books, how to make a tax return, you know, how to, how to invest, how to build a business, like how to file an LSC, as Aaron said, right? That should be taught, not what competitive forces may be out there. You'll figure, figure that out yourself once you have none, your business. None of these professors or teachers know that. You want to know why? Um, <laughs> this guy wasn't exactly. lazy. He learned how to he, build airplanes. No, he was lazy. He said, I'm going to sit in academia. I don't want to go work an engine. Yeah, Porter, <laughs> I'm calling you a lazy freaking bum. You never worked. It wasn't rocket science, Florian. It was aeronautical engineering. Right, let, me, let, me exp <laughs> let me explain it this way. Let me explain what I – Porter's Five Forces is only one of literally hundreds of these. What I hate about business in general as an academic study is arrows and geometric shapes, okay? If you see any diagrams with arrows and geometric shapes, squares, circles – uh, kind of a project management thing. Oh, here's a decision note that we represent that by a triangle. Suck my dick, you fucking PMI Institute pussy. Um, that's where it's bullshit. That's where you know it's not formula. It's not code. It's not Newtonian physics. It's simple logic. Well, you see this flows over here, and then this thing represents that, and then it goes over there. It's like, well, okay, so that's simple. Oh, but we need to write a five-page paper right. up on Fuck you. So right. here you look at Porter's Five Forces model. It's even worse. It's basically uh, assessing your competitors. Yeah. So you look at the bargaining bargaining power of suppliers, bargaining power of buyers. So that's pricing and costs, which would be intuitively already established. That's something you're going to have to address anyway, no matter what. Threat of substitutes, threat of new entrants. Well, really, no. I mean, a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That's all this is. That's all it is. Right. Yes, you've got to pay $1,000 to learn about it because you guys wouldn't be able to figure this commonsensical shit out without because, you fucking Porter. Because we're lazy. Yeah, they can't figure it out lazy. themselves because they're lazy. We're lazy. Can we and, wrap it up here, Cap? Yeah. yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, That's it for the Clary Podcast. Florian, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate having you come on. Thanks for having me. TT, thank Good you. Uh, you where, where can I find you guys? Where if people want to check you guys out? Go ahead, Florian. Um, uh, you can. I mean, at the, at the moment, I'm most active on on Twitter. If you go to my handle at s l u l r i c h, um, you can you can interact with me. And you also co-host uh, Chapin's show occasionally, correct? Yes, exactly. You can exactly. It's on every Sunday. Uh, uh, we have a live cast with uh, with Bernard Chapin. Yeah. Awesome. DT. I uh, haven't done anything yet because of the forty hour work week. But happynihilist.net is where things allegedly will happen at some point in the future <laughs> that's not uh, determined yet. <laughs> when DT gets fired for sexual harassment or <laughs> diversity harassment or something like that. Right. Diversity <laughs> <laughs> harassment, yeah. I don't know. He'll piss it'll off happen. some. It'll happen. He said it'll happen. Thanks for, the, <laughs> thanks for the encouragement. All right. <laughs> I'm just, you know, that, that, uh, I just... I'm, Things can still get much crazier than they are right now. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys later. Toodles. Toodles.